Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome everyone to a bonus mini-sode of True Blue, True Crime. My name's Sean and with me as always is my co-host Chloe. How are you? Hi, good. Yes, bonus episode that'll play like magic. We should have planned a holiday. We should be able to say, <laughs> well, we're in Mexico doing something, but, We've you know, g- jobs yeah. and kids and <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be at home sleeping hopefully. That's right. <laughs> So we have just finished up our first 10-episode season, culminating with our coverage of Catherine Knight. How are you feeling about that? I'm um, feeling um, wrecked, but yeah. <laughs> it was full on. And um, you and I have known each other for a long time and we've had a long-running joke about watching The Exorcist that we watched <laughs> when we were 15 or something yes. um, and we both became really dark for the rest of the day. We yeah. were swearing a lot. We were just really foul and I, I feel borderline exorcist at the moment yeah. that it's just you've really dove into something dank and dark and, yeah. you know, just want to I'm gonna listen to something happy on the way home. <laughs> Me too. I might tune into a bit of Ron Burgundy on the way <laughs> yeah, home. you're liking that. <laughs> I am, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a mini-sode for you all today as we prepare for season two, which is going to be huge. We're very excited about the intertwining storyline of the cases we're covering in the next season. We're not going to give too much away. They are separate cases but they're all connected either directly or indirectly in various ways. And uh, they'll be mostly based in one Australian state during a particular period of time with a few trips interstate here and there and even one overseas, I think, at one point. But before we get into what we're talking about today, a couple of quick notes about the show. True Blue, True Crime is a weekly podcast covering Australian criminal cases. We release additional exclusive content to our Patreon supporters on a weekly to fortnightly basis. And you can support the show on Patreon. The link will be in the show notes on whatever app you are listening on. It's really easy. You can use your Facebook to sign up and support the show with a simple click, like buying something off eBay with your PayPal account. For $2 a month, you'll get exclusive Patreon content, access to Q&As, behind-the-scenes material, blooper reels. We tease the next show in our Patreon episodes as well, and you'll get 10% off in our merch store when that's up and running. We understand that not everyone can get behind us on that front. That's cool. 
Thanks for listening to the regular episodes and now the mini-sode. There's other ways you can spread the love for us and support the show. You can tell your friends and work colleagues. The word of mouth thing really helps. You can join our Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, and share the podcast on social media too. If there's any true crime groups or forums that you're a member of, that always uh, helps get some new listeners and help people find the show. And if you're up for it, please give us a five-star rating and write a review on iTunes or whatever app you use. It really helps us um, and it means a lot. We read out the five-star reviews from iTunes at the end of each episode. So today we're talking about the murder of Robert Hoff. This is a very small-time, virtually unknown case that occurred in Victoria in 2011. And we thought these minisodes we're planning on doing every 10 weeks to give us a break in between seasons would be a good opportunity to get some exposure, shine some some light, if you will, on a cold case that has next to no media coverage. Nowhere near enough that a podcast or any media outlet, for that matter, would probably go to the trouble of covering it, particularly after a certain passage of time, you know, where there's been no movement or, or new information released to the public about the case. And it's really sad when you see a case like this, as you hear the details, you get a sense that the victim really seemed to have no family or friends left after they passed who were capable of pushing for answers in the public arena. That's what really stood out to me with this story. You often see with brutal unsolved crimes that families will start campaigns on social media or speak with radio and news outlets and really push for answers. But unfortunately, that didn't happen for Robert Hoff. Yeah, and I think it's very possible that someone out there might recall something to do with this crime, even just a tiny detail or a recollection of something they might have heard through the grapevine, and you never know, that might uncover a new lead for investigators. Robert Hoff, a 50-year-old man who boarded with an elderly couple, was bashed to death in Carrum Downs, a suburb in Victoria's southeast as he walked down a quiet suburban path to a bus stop in 2011. Security vision showed Mr. Hoff left home just after 5am on Wednesday, March the 16th, walked along Orsett Court and turned onto the short path to Hendon Court. At 7.15am, a a neighbour found Mr. Hoff lying dead in a pool of blood. The coroner said he had suffered multiple blunt force trauma to his head, face and neck and fractures to the right hand. We also read that he had a number of wounds to his upper body, arm and leg. There were no stab wounds, but his bag was stolen, and he'd been struck to the head with a metal or wooden object. The assailant got away with a dark-coloured bag containing Mr Hoff's lunch and possibly some clothes and a newspaper. A can of baked beans was his usual lunch. The police have never established any motive for this murder, and there's no suspects. It appeared to be completely random and, if anything, a robbery gone wrong. Reports said he was a forklift driver and others said that he was a food processor. I'm going to go with the latter as that report had more detail. He worked at this place called the Chef's Pantry in Brayside for years apparently and this place looked to me like it did catering from what I could see. There's still a $100,000 reward for information leading to the apprehension of the culprit who committed this senseless murder. Hoff was described as a kind-hearted man who was a creature of habit. An Orsett Court resident who had lived in the neighbourhood for nearly 30 years described the murder as a terrible thing and it had made the whole neighbourhood feel uneasy. 
Robert was a man who kept to himself but was always friendly and would say hello as he walked around, the resident said. And really, you look at this court, it could be a street in any of the suburbs in the outer east or southeast. It looks very normal and very quiet. Looking into Robert Hoff's life, there was just no indication that he had any enemies or sordid associations at all. No one who even had a mild grudge against the guy. He was just walking to catch a bus at 5am and someone opportunistic uh, attacked him. Senior Sergeant McIntyre said it could have been one or more attackers who murdered Mr Hoff. We've come up with nothing, but a random attack is probably the most likely scenario. He may have been presented as a vulnerable person. Whoever it was, it was a strange time of mourning for them to be out and about, he said. The police had an information caravan in the area after the murder, but nothing substantial or breaking came of it. And that's about the basics of what happened to poor Robert Hoff. Here's another picture of him just there, Chloe. And once again, he was just a very normal, ordinary-looking man. I don't mean anything by that. He's just someone who you'd pass in the street. There's really not a lot left but speculation. And, and what is there? Well, I can't see it being a planned thing, definitely random, but robbery? Why would they bludgeon this guy? And they said he had multiple blunt force wounds. Why wouldn't they just hold him up or knock him down or and roll him? If all reports are true and he had been struck on the head, face, neck, right hand, presumably a defensive wound, but then the leg, I just feel like the robbery is the primary motive doesn't result in that kind of attack. Yeah, I think more likely Robert Hoff stumbled on one or more people in the middle of something bad. It could have been a drug deal maybe or them fleeing from another crime. And they got overzealous with the beating from adrenaline, from a place of of probably being scared and of being caught. Also the area, not the worst suburb in the southeast by any means, but up there when you think of petty crimes and probably drug-related crimes also. And I think there's more than one person out there who at least knows about this, probably from a story they've heard and they've not connected the dots. But I think someone out there knows something about this. You know, because Robert Hoff hasn't had the remaining family left behind, as we said, to really push this. The murder case has next to no exposure. There's maybe half a dozen articles, very short ones online about it. And when something's not reinforced in people's minds, it's easily forgotten, suppressed. And I think you're right, Chloe, there are people out there who might know something about this and they mightn't know that they know it either. It just could be something they've sort of kind of heard and, and maybe not connected the dots, like you said. But regardless, it's a sad one. For some reason, the can of baked beans for lunch gets me. It's very sad. Um, I just think that it's kind of a scary one that it remains unsolved. Um, And as we kind of alluded to, that someone may not know, but also that people have potentially committed this crime and others and have got away with it. I mean, hopefully, if someone has been involved in other crimes, they were arrested for something and are serving time in prison for their crimes. But for all we know, the person who did this is out in the community. That is what really stands out. And, you know, like you said, without a family promoting it or trying to get something, police have so much work to do. They can't focus on every single case, but it would be nice to know who did this. If you have information that could help solve this crime, 
please call 1-800-333-000, that's Crime Stoppers, or report it online at uh, www.crimestoppersvic.com.au uh, under the Report a Crime section. And if you'd like to reach out to us with any information or questions or case requests while we're on our staycation next week while we're taking the break after season one, um, you can get in touch with us. Our email is truebluecrime at gmail.com and our Facebook group is called True Blue True Crime dash podcast and the Instagram handle, as always, is truebluecrime. But that's it from us, folks. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back next week with the beginning of season two of True Blue True Crime. Can't wait. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.